Turn to your neighbor, tell them, I'm happy you're here. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them, I'm happy you're here too. Yes, we've been in this series called Fundamentals, and tonight specifically, we're going to be talking about the importance of knowing our purpose. Everyone say purpose. Our purpose here on earth. And I know it's not just me. In a room like this, I am positive that there are many of us here that have wondered, what is our purpose here on earth? Why am I here? Why am I alive? What is the meaning to everything that I see in this world, the mess that I see in this world? What is the meaning of living in it? What is the purpose that I can bring here while I'm here before I pass and enter heaven? What is my purpose? And I think the reason why, and not the reason why, but the reason why we all wrestle with this whole concept about purpose is because we want meaning in our life. We want to know that our life had meaning, that our life mattered. And it's not just something that just was placed in us because of something we've watched or something that we've seen or something that someone else said to us. The reason why we want to have meaning and purpose in our life is because Jesus Christ, God himself, placed that in our DNA. He wove that into his creation in us that in our soul, we crave purpose and meaning. In our soul, we want to do something amazing with our life. In our soul, we can only be satisfied and fulfilled if we understand why we're alive. I know we wrestle with that thought. I know I'm not the only one. But here's the other truth about this world. We find our purpose in so many other things except Jesus Christ himself. We want God to give us purpose so that we can understand the meaning of life, but we want our life purpose to be separate from him. And for many of us, it's just because we haven't stepped into our relationship with God, maybe until recently. But if you're like me growing up, there was all kinds of things, education, money, notoriety, success, relationships. There are so many things in this world that we think will give us purpose and meaning, but we've seen, we've experienced, we've witnessed that as good as those things may be, they can't fulfill the need of knowing God that only Jesus Christ himself could. These things in this world aren't inherently bad, but those things separate from God and his purpose and will for our life will cause our soul to crash one way or another. We've been there, we've seen it, we've witnessed it. That's the truth of trying to find our purpose separate from God. It won't sustain us. It just absolutely won't. But the beautiful thing about our relationship with God is every single day we get up, God's like, I got purpose for you today. Every single moment that we go to sleep, God wants to tell us, man, I have meaning for you. Every breath, every step, everything that we do, God wants to show and reveal to us how purpose-filled and meaning-filled our lives are. But we can only step into that kind of life with him by our side. Separate from God, we're going to crash. With God, we will fulfill our purpose and destiny. Amen. And our life, our life will have meaning. We're going to read an opening passage tonight. It's out of Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. This is from the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, before he came to know God, he had a lot of things going for him. He was well-educated. He was an academic scholar. Notoriety. Had a lot of power in his day and age. This is who he was. But he didn't experience true purpose and meaning until he had relationship with Jesus. Until he could understand what God's purpose was for his life to love God and to love others. Like he was separate from God with everything you could ever ask for, but his life had no meaning. 
And he's going to reveal to us or show to us tonight what it looks like for us so that we can have purpose every single day that we have breath. Again, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 goes like this. It's kind of a long passage, so just bear with me. But what, like what we've been saying week in and week out, let the word of God speak to us. Let it not just be words on a screen, but may it speak to our soul and may we engage with what the word of God is saying tonight. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. And here's my favorite line of this passage. For we, were, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Everyone say good works. Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. God, I pray that we would receive your word tonight. God, we've craved purpose. We've craved meaning. But so many times we've tried doing it without you. Lord, I pray that our heart would align with the compass of our soul. That it leads us to our Father. And just as we read through Ephesians, Lord, I pray that you would raise us up. And you would allow us, Lord God, to live in purpose and meaning every single day. Loving you, loving others, sharing the gospel and making disciples. That is what would make every moment here on earth matter with meaning. So Lord, may we receive that tonight. And may your word, your spirit and truth speak to us. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. Overall summary from Ephesians. True purpose in life begins when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 gives us insight on how our relationship with Christ leads us to a life full of purpose. Three points uh, before we dive back into the word of God. Number one, Satan is determined to steal us from God's true purpose for our life. Number two, God desires to give us true purpose through his son Jesus. And our last point tonight, true purpose is experienced. Everyone say experienced. True purpose is experienced by living in God's will for our life. Back to point number one, verses one to three from Ephesians. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we were all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, children of wrath like the rest of mankind." From the very beginning, the Apostle Paul makes it very, very clear. The thing that separates us from our purpose and meaning in life is sin and Satan himself. It's sin and Satan himself. We live in a world that we're in today and we see the lack of Christ giving purpose and meaning to those that are in it. We see the corruption. We, we see the heartache. We see the brokenness. We see things from a global level, a national level, a local level, and even a personal level for many of us. 
and we wonder why it's so hard for us to come into this place of purpose and meaning. And it's because if we're trying to live our life through and in the things of this world, trying to build our foundation in the things that we can obtain and, and have here on earth, we've missed the whole point of living. Those things can only come, true purpose can only come through Jesus Christ. But that is why the Apostle Paul is saying there's a very real enemy out there that is trying to steal us of our purpose and meaning. Separate us from God through sin. Many of us, we are reaping the consequences of sin that has been done to us or sin that we've done to other people. And we're like mice on the wheel just going and going and going. We feel like our life has no purpose. That may be where we are. That might be where we've been. There might be seasons in the future where we're like that again, but that is not God's plan for our life. That is the enemy's plan to steal. But we know about God. He gives us life. Amen. When I first came into relationship with Jesus, it came at a very pivotal time. Uh, many of you guys have known my story. I've shared it before. I was a freshman in high school. I was a, a freshman at Pro City High School. And I was like, man, like, what is the whole point of life? I was very cynical, very critical. I was like a self, like, I just kind of claimed to be an atheist because I thought I was smarter than everybody and I could disprove faith in God. Like, that's just who I was when I was a freshman. And the reason why wasn't because I wanted to disprove God. It was because I was afraid of knowing him. I was afraid that this God out there couldn't or wouldn't love me. And the reason why I felt that was because of how I grew up, the things that I experienced, the sin that was done to me, and even the sin that I did to other people. It made me feel like I was unlovable and unwanted. So why would this perfect, loving, amazing God accept someone so flawed and broken like me? It was almost easier for me to step away from that chance of being hurt from God than to step into something that we know is a sure foundation. It was just almost easier to walk away. And one of the lies that I grew up kind of experiencing or feeling, again, trying to just like find purpose and meaning was in order for me to have affirmation or love or attention from my parents. And I just want to say first and foremost, I love my parents. They did the best that they could. God has really shaped and reformed and just brought a lot of healing in our relationships. It's, it's great. But when I was growing up in high school or even just in elementary and beyond, I thought the only way that my parents could love and accept me or affirm me was if I was the best in school. That I got good grades. That I had accolades in the academics. That I was going to go to a great college. Because if I did those things, then my dad gave me attention and said he was proud of me. But if I didn't do those things, those things weren't there in my life. And that was at a young age for me, a super, super young age for me. And here's the crazy thing. I tried to find my purpose in my education, which meant the things that gave me meaning were my grades, were my schooling, was my career choice. All of these things, the money that I could make, the degrees that I could obtain, the places I could do schooling in, like that's what my meaning and purpose in life looked like. But the crazy thing was that was actually just the way that I tried to cope. The thing that I thought brought purpose and meaning to my life was actually just my way of coping with the sin in my life. It didn't bring fulfillment. It didn't bring meaning. It actually made my life harder and worse, trying to run the race of just doing more school, more studying, more this, more that, better grades, but never good enough. I thought that purpose and meaning came from my grades, but it was just me trying to cope with the pain that I was feeling in my life. And how many of us know some of the things that we found purpose and meaning before God are just things that we've tried to cope with in life. Our money, 
our relationships, again, our notoriety, our career, the kind of house we have, the kind of clothes we wear, the kind of ranking that we get. All of those things with God, not bad. For his glory and his good, for his purpose and plans, those are beautiful and amazing platforms for his love to be made known through our life. But separate from God, those things will cause our soul to crash, and that's what it did to me. Because there was no end goal to the better grades that I thought I could get. And I know that God is speaking to some of us. And I think that's a great thing. That we would look at our lives on a daily basis and just kind of let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God speak to us. Son and daughter, what are those things in our life that we're trying to find purpose and meaning when in actuality it's Satan's trap over our life? Because remember, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to separate us from God. And he loves using the things that, are, that we think bring purpose and meaning to do it. But instead of it bringing us closer to God, it actually brings us farther from him. When we pursue things of this world before God, it always leads us farther from him. No matter how much money we make, no matter how much success we experience, no matter how many places we've traveled, the things that we try to do in order to find purpose and meaning will never fulfill the things that only God can in our heart and in our life. God wants to bring purpose. The enemy wants to steal it. And I pray that tonight, for all of us, myself included, that God would break that bondage and stronghold so that we can live in purpose and meaning, true purpose and meaning. Amen? Amen. Number two in your notes. God desires to give us true purpose through his son, Jesus. This is where the passage starts getting awesome and amazing. Verses four to seven. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. If sin separates us from God, the gospel tells us the only thing that could bring us back into a relationship with God was a perfect sacrifice. And his name was Jesus. The cornerstone of purpose and meaning comes when you understand exactly what Jesus did for every single one of us. That we were imperfect, that we were broken and sinful, and because of those very things, we shouldn't have relationship with God. Yet God loves us so much that he wants us to experience meaning and purpose so much that he wants to have relationship with us so much that he would send his perfect son to this earth. And this perfect son would pay the penalty for our sins. And because of that, because he conquered sin and death and overcame the grave, his grace covers the multitude of sins that we've experienced in our life and that we've done in our life. And the reason for that is so that we could be reconciled with God. How many of us here just love having our relationship with God? Show of hands. Hopefully most of us here. I hope so. If not, I truly believe God's going to continue to work in and through our life to let his love be made known to us. But this is what the passage is telling us. Our sin separates us from purpose and meaning, but our relationship with Jesus brings us back to purpose and meaning the way that God intended our lives to be. And I don't know if it's just you or just me, and maybe you too, but I'm sure many of us here have experienced, right, coming into relationship with God and you're like, man, like, my life just makes so much more sense, right? Like, I understand now why I am the way that I am. Therefore, I understand now why I needed a Savior. I understand now what hope looks like 
what purpose looks like. That emotion or that feeling, the truth of God's word that just changes the trajectory of how I'm feeling before I enter into his presence. And when it does change me, man, I feel like I'm on cloud nine 24-7. It's not a made-up fabricated thing. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. We are made alive in Jesus Christ. Before that, we were the walking dead. Now we are living in life with purpose and meaning. That's why what we have here is so good. Not in the building, although the building's great. Okay, keep coming back, right? This building is great, but our relationship with God is so much better. You can take Sunday night service every single day of our life out of here, everywhere that you go. Your households, your campuses, your working places, your friendships, your relationships, where you work out, where you study. You can have, we can have these kinds of moments everywhere that we go because of what Jesus did. And the meaning and purpose that God has for us, it just, it's not just us coming alive on a Sunday night. It's us coming alive every single day. So that when you wake up in the morning on a Monday, you're like, man, like, I don't want to drive, like, through traffic just to get five miles away from my house. Like, what's up with that? Oh, I don't want to deal with that coworker that I want to crack, you know. Like, I just, man, I'm going to slice or slash the tires right after, you know, work's done. You guys laughing, but I know I'm not the only one that have thought that in my lifetime, right? It changes the trajectory of how we see everything that we have. Our jobs, our relationships, friendships. It's no longer transactional. It's not what you can get from people that gives you purpose. It's what you can give to people that does. And the best thing that we can give is the love that Jesus Christ gave to us. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Again, he had all the notoriety, fame, power of his time. None of that mattered until he experienced Jesus Christ for himself in real life. God knows us. And from the very beginning, he wanted to give us his purpose and meaning. Psalm 139, 13 to 14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to say that again. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, you are wonderfully made. Turn to your other neighbor. Tell them, I am fearful. No, wait. That doesn't make sense. I am fearfully made. We are not fearful in Jesus' name. <laughs> Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. The author of this psalm is saying, man, like from the very, very beginning, God, you knew me. You knitted me together. And as you knitted me together came purpose and meaning. And because this author knows God and God knows him, this author says, my soul is well. We live in a world or if we try to find purpose and meaning in anything else besides God, our soul will not be well. I've been there many, many times. But when our purpose and meaning comes from the purpose or the person that actually gave us life, that changes everything. And our lives and the things that we do in our life are no longer burdens, they're blessings. And when things in our life are blessings, we want to actually be a blessing to other people. I know how it feels. I've lived life thinking a lot of things are burdens, but they're actually blessings. They become platforms and opportunities for God to move wonderfully in my life, our life, so that others can be greatly impacted by God's love in us and through us. That is what purpose and meaning is. And I can tell you very straightforward that our purpose in life is to know God, 
or to love God, to love people, to share the gospel and make disciples. Rinse, recycle, and repeat. And I know some of us, we don't like boring and mundane. But you do those four things over and over and over in your life. Loving God, loving people, sharing the gospel, making disciples. You will live a life that is full of purpose from the moment that you receive Jesus to the moment you pass here on earth. And you will see God face to face in heaven. And he'll be so proud of the lives that were impacted through your life here on earth. One of the greatest revelations that I had was when I was in high school. And this was in my early years of faith. Like, I just came to know Jesus as a freshman. Again, like, I had to wrestle with the fact that my schooling was no longer my purpose or my identity that gave me meaning. It was Jesus Christ himself. And I remember just not liking exams, not liking how early I had to get up to get to Pearl City High School because there's so much traffic up Waimano Home Road. Didn't like the fact that it took you forever to get to Pearl Ridge or somewhere to get food because of high up the hill you were. Weird teachers, crazy experiences, right? People that give you bad attitude and bad eyes, you know, like that's just part of high school life, okay? But I had this revelation one day, and I think this is like applicable to all of us in our profession, our career, our life, our seasons. I realized that I wasn't a student that, student that was a Christian, let me say that again. I realized I wasn't a student that was a Christian. I realized that I was a Christian that was a student. And that's what changed my trajectory while at school. My purpose here on earth isn't to be a student. My purpose here on campus is not to be a student. My purpose here is to be a Christ follower, a Christian. Love God, love people, share the gospel, make disciples. And let God do whatever he wants in and through me so that his name can be made known in my schooling, in my sports, in my friendships. It was revolutionary to realize that order was the proper order to purpose and meaning. And I've taken that every season of my life. I am not a college student that's a Christian. I am a Christian that's on college. I am not a Christian that's a husband. I am a husband Wait, I am not a husband that's a Christian. I am a Christian that's a husband. I'm tired also, okay? We have a nine-month-old. Things are like this right now, okay? I'm not a father that's a Christian. I'm a Christian that's a father. Just switching things to the proper order changes everything. How much can it change our lives if we did that when we went to work? I'm not a barista that's a Christian. I'm a Christian that's a barista. I'm not a fitness coach that's a Christian. I'm a Christian that's a fitness coach. I'm not a teacher that's a Christian. I'm a Christian that has the opportunity of reaching the next generation on campus. I have a responsibility as a grandfather, a grandmother, a husband, a wife, a dad, a mother to lead my household closer to Jesus. Because I am a Christian first and foremost. My coworkers, my boss, my classmates, these people I interact with at places that aren't favorable or likable, God loves them just as much as, they love, as he loved me. And if he gave me new life in Jesus, man, my responsibility here in my nine to five is to give them that opportunity too. People aren't going to come to know Jesus just because they come to a church service on a weekend. People will encounter purpose and meaning in life because the church, 
that God has called us to be isn't confined to the four walls of a building, but we are loving God, loving people, sharing the gospel, making disciples everywhere that we go. And if we want to see a world that's changed and transformed one life at a time where the hope of God and the light of God and the, the truth of God just permeates culture, where we get to see the great things that God is doing every single day, it first starts with us saying, I am a Christian and a Christ follower first and foremost before anything else. I find my purpose and meaning in what I can do for others, just as Christ has done for me. And it's not easy. Like, High school was hard. College years was hard. Young adult years was hard. Single life was hard. Engaged life was hard. Like being married is hard. Parenthood is hard. Life's hard. Okay? But what makes it worth every moment, what allows us to see the beautiful gifts and blessings in the midst of all of the mess is the purpose and meaning that comes from knowing, following, and discovering our purpose in Jesus Christ. Amen? We are Christ followers first and foremost. Everything else is secondary. The enemy would want us to live in the trap that we are the other things first. But I truly, truly believe, and I know for a fact, God wants to re-shift our posture and our heart tonight so that we can embrace and love the life that we have. Amen? Last point in your notes. True purpose is experienced by living in God's will for our life. Verses 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. A message, any message, definitely a message like this, is just a message on a weekend if we don't actively engage the truth of God's word and live it out after. We have to. The word of God is supposed to do something in us. Sometimes it's not easy, right? We hear a word like this and immediately there, there might be some stressors. Well, put God first before my finances? Like what? You know, like trust God with my relationships? What? Like love people like God loves me? What? Like it's hard. I get it. But after we know Jesus and we receive him, just like how the Apostle Paul ends this, this monologue, this message to the church in Ephesus, he says that there are good works. There are beautiful things. There's life-giving moments and opportunities that God has prepared for us in advance to step into. If we just chose to let God be our purpose maker. Amen. The prayers that we pray for our co-workers. The hugs and the embraces that we give to family members and friends in their hardships. The moments of pause before we speak, we think and pray so that God's word can say before we say. In any conversation we have, those things matter. Those things give life. Set apart from God, our mouth can do a lot of damage. But with meaning and purpose... Loving God, loving people, sharing the gospel and making disciples. The things we say, the things we see, the things we hear, the things that we do, our reactions, our actions, the way that we carry ourselves, our continence, our character, our integrity, our righteousness, anything that you could ask and say, God can use those things for our good and his glory, giving us purpose and meaning with every breath we take. Amen. 
we have a beautiful, powerful, I hope to be an inspiring, encouraging testimony for all of us here this evening um, about how somebody in our you know, congregation had a lot of notoriety, had a lot of giftings and a lot of talents that he thought would give him purpose and meaning, but it was truly the love of God and the spirit and presence of God that just changed that trajectory in his life and truly gave him hope. We're going to hear his story, and he's going to share with us some of his uh, gifts that God has blessed him with. Uh, can you help me welcome to the stage our very own Mark Viejo. Mark took some pre-workout before the interview, so a little fidgety. I'm fidgety too because of caffeine. How are you doing? Uh, this is a lot bigger than conference for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of jittery. It's okay. So pre-workout and also the Holy Spirit. All right, Mark, you have a great story um, that I think many of us are going to be able to resonate with tonight. Can you share with us first and foremost, like, Kind of how you're related, because you knew of God growing up. Um, you heard things like purpose and destiny but, and meaning, but instead of finding it in God, you found purpose and meaning in dance. Can you just share with us what that kind of like did to your life, how it caused you to be with others? Um, so I've been dancing for a very long time. Um, I think since 2006. Um, and throughout the years, I've been, you know, getting into crews and, and battles and, and competitions around the mainland. And like, it was good having these, these accolades, these, these, um, these bragging rights, these championships, but it's just an endless amount of having to really get that validation. Um, I was always working hard every night just to make sure that I got everything down to the T, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to a competition, when it comes to having to go to class, you're just there for a two-second, five-second fame, and it just goes away. And after that, you're just constantly doing it over and over again. And it's just an endless cycle of having to um, get that satisfaction. And so, you know, I wasn't happy with that. That sense of purpose and meaning that came from accolades. And in dance community, right, it's like how much better you can be than the next crew or even your competition. How did that affect your relationship with people? How did you view people? Um, back then, for me, I was very competitive. I was very angry. Um, if I didn't get my way or if I didn't win a battle, I would just throw tantrums like a little kid. Um, but that's a that just comes with dancing, you know, or being competitive. And so it turned me into a very, very Hulk person, you know. Say Hulk? Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, it was just very uncontrollable. I just couldn't stop being angry. And so um, I learned how to just let that go. Yeah. So all the fame, the notoriety that came with your gifts, right? that you found purpose and meaning in, not your relationship with God, but in your gifts, uh, it also began to kind of take a toll in life because although you had everything you could ask for in this area, your personal life, your family life, I think we have a photo of uh, Mark's family, like just things in your life weren't that great. You were going through stuff. Um, 
it's kind of heavy things too, and I know that you said it would be okay to share. Um, can you share with us some of the things you endured um, in life? Uh, yeah, so for a very long time, actually, um, in 2011, my brother passed away. Uh, he committed suicide due to PTSD. And that kind of took a lot out of me. I, I lost uh, half of myself. I wasn't happy anymore. Like I said, I, I, I ran to dance, and I was trying to get validation from everybody. And then years passed by, um, and I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I committed suicide. And you attempted to. I attempted yeah. to commit suicide. Um, and when I did, um, luckily, uh, by the grace of God, um, when I woke up in the hospital, I thought I was dead, to be honest. But, but like I said, by the grace of God, um, I'm alive. I'm here today. But after that, I just still wasn't happy with life. I was still going through so many um, depression and anxiety, and there was nothing in this world that could make me happy, even with dance. Yeah. So let's just kind of like recap that moment, because I know it's, it's kind of a heavy one to go back to, just so that we're all kind of on the same page in what like the enemy was literally doing in life, in your life. Your brother, you know, passes away. You're dealing with a lot of mental illness, you know, emotional unhealth because of that, trying to cope through dance and other things, right? Um, you try it or you attempt to commit suicide. You end up in the doctor's office or the hospital. The next morning you wake up, the doctors are like, hey, you attempted to take your life, but we can't find any of like the drugs that you induced to yourself in your system. So that's a miracle in itself. They could, couldn't find anything and you're okay. But just to reiterate, you still, even with that miracle moment, you still felt like you had no purpose and meaning in life. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yeah, after, after the whole experience in the hospital, I still wasn't happy. I was still going about life with no purpose um, and no love for anything. I was just still the same old Hulk. And, you know, I was just going about life so angrily. And I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I didn't want to be around anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of the first half of the passage from Ephesians, right? We are dead in our transgressions, dead in our sin. We can be alive physically, but spiritually have absolutely nothing. And that affects our outlook on our life and, and the world around us. But again, by the grace of God that the Apostle Paul talks about, he came after you like Jesus Christ came after you. And he was relentless in giving you purpose and meaning through a re relationship with him and a relationship with God. So I know that it's been a little somber in terms of the stories so far, but can you share with us how God began to impact your life and bring you purpose and meaning? Um, so this is kind of like, so when God comes to you, it's always different. You know, every, how you encounter God is always different. And for me, it was at work, and I was just heading to work, and I, I heard God so clearly um, just driving to work, and uh, what he asked me to do was, was so simple, and yet... Um, I, I obeyed and I followed and right after that just simple um, requests of me to do something for him I was healed miraculously in that instant now many of you wouldn't believe like instantly but God works in mysterious ways and he did and from for almost a year now actually I have not felt any depression or anxiety you got some praise 
Yep. So you take, you have a moment with God. He asks you to, to take a step of obedience. You follow through with it. And then you begin to see, like, your life begin to change. Purpose and meaning come in. Um, I know you're very kind of, like, stoic now. But while we were in the green room, you were saying, like, how joy has kind of filled you in everything that you do. So along with dance, you do powerlifting. Um, along with powerlifting, you're part of small group. You know, you have a job. You do construction. Like, you're with your family and friends. There's all of these things that you have and do now that you actually find joy and meaning and purpose in because God is present in those moments. So I think uh, before we get to see some of your giftings firsthand, you want to make your life a platform for God to move so that others can come to know him. Can you just share with us now how you're living life with purpose and meaning now? Um, right now I'm part of group, I small group, and that has changed my life a lot. Um, I'm able to understand how God wants me to um, go about my life and really approach things and stuff. And uh, just sometime during a small group, I was able to invite a friend, and he's been coming ever since. And, you know, I thank God that, you know, he's able to make that changes and see how much God loves him as well. So being able to um, make disciples or not really... We make disciples, right? Yes, make disciples. Okay, we make disciples. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know. Um, There's a smile. <laughs> um, there you go. I'm, I'm definitely happy to be able to just help a friend right now. Um, but if any of you guys would love to get a part of our group, I would love to, you know, encourage you to come join and stuff. Yes. These are a couple of the old groups that you were a part of prior. Yes. Um, but I know. And also, do you want to share now who you're reaching? Like friends in the dance community? Um, I'm definitely reaching my, my group of friends, uh, my circle, my main circle of friends right now uh, because they used to come to church uh, a while back and I would love for them to be here. One of them is part of my small group now, so thank goodness for that. Um, I'm also encouraging a lot of the high schoolers that I'm training in powerlifting and I'm encouraging them how to go about life and really share God's story, you know, through my lenses. Amen. Yeah. You mark a hand. You ready? Yeah. All right, so we're going to bring out some powerlifting equipment. I'm just joking. No, we're not doing um, that. <laughs> you PR'd recently. You posted it on Instagram, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you sold. Yeah, all right, all right. He's quite up here, but, man, this guy talks about, and he has great, just ferocious, Hulk-like talent. Um, on the dance floor. So without further ado, God using Mark through his giftings to bring him glory and to lead others to him. Again, this is Mark Viejo.
Another hand for Mark. What God is doing in his life. So cool and collected, yeah, and then this happens. Blows my mind away every time. Last scripture before we go into this time of uh, re response and worship. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. I pray that this passage would encourage us tonight, all right? The author of Hebrews is saying, or he's speaking to us, believers living on earth that are having a hard time following God, having a hard time living in purpose, living in meaning. And the author implores them and encourages them, keep on going. And he tells the believers, the church at the time, you can keep on going because of all of heaven is cheering you on. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This passage brings it all together. The reason why we can live with purpose and meaning and keep on going is because the end of this earth is not the end of our life. It finishes forever in eternity and all of heaven cheers us on when we keep on going. All of heaven is imploring us, the cloud of great witnesses, keep on going, keep on finding purpose, keep on having meaning, keep on living with every moment in mind, glorifying God, loving Him, loving others, sharing the gospel, making disciples. We can do it. We can live a life of purpose. Because of all Jesus did for us, he went to the cross. We were the joy that was set before him. And I pray that when we go to work, when we go to campus, when we go home, when we're with people that give us a hard time, that we would see them as the joy that was set before us to have purpose and meaning on earth. Let's pray. Lord, as we go into this time of worship, I pray that you would make the outcome of tonight clear that our life can only have purpose and meaning when you are the cornerstone and the compass of all that we have and all that we do. And we pray, first we repent, Lord God, of making our lives about ourselves or other things. Lord, I pray that we would throw off those things in this moment and we would allow the pure love, the pure joy, the pure excitement of knowing and loving this amazing God fill our hearts in this time of worship and that it would change our perspective on our life and the world. And that purpose and meaning, Lord God, would flood this place. Flood this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.